Hey, this is Sam for Dobbs. If you need tires, hop on our website, go to Dobbs.com. We'll save you time searching brands, sizes, and prices, and save you money because we sell tires at the lowest price in town, guaranteed. For deals you can use, click on go to Dobbs.com now. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back. It's Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN with Michelle Smallman. I'm Randy Carriker, and we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and our old friend Kevin Harlan. You hear his voice on football and basketball throughout the, the fall and winter months is with us. Kevin, it's always great to talk to you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good morning, Michelle and Randy. Great to be on with you guys. And here we are halfway through the week. NFL uh, playoff football starts in a couple days with the doubleheader on Saturday. Um, and if it's anything like the way the regular season finished, uh, we are in for a thrill a minute. It's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely, Kevin. And there's so many intriguing teams in this postseason and so many intriguing matchups. But as you look at the teams that are playing on Wild Card Weekend, which team do you think has the chance to be the most dangerous in these playoffs? Well, that's a good question, Michelle. I, you know, there, there, there's parts of each of these teams because they're all flawed in some way. But there are parts of each of these teams that you could say, you know what, I could see this team making a run. And sometimes we really don't even know until we get in it. We have seen in the past the, the bottom seeds work their way all the way through to a, not only a Super Bowl, but a championship. So uh, it, it's possible for any of these teams. And now we're going seven deep. And that, you know, adds just one more layer to what is already, I think, a very even field. In the NFC, while I would say Green Bay is probably my team to watch, I can't help but think that maybe, you know, uh, uh, the, the Rams could somehow, with the running back coming back that they were relied on and, and um, you know, a, a guy that they have not had all season long could be added to what has been a pretty effective running attack with Sony Michelle, and they could get hot. Uh, they've got the best receiver in football. They've got premier defensive players, as we know. Um, I, I, I'm wondering about Brady and the Buccaneers just because, They've had some injuries here, some significant ones actually late. The disruption of Antonio Brown leaving and all the wreckage that is kind of left in its wake. But, but um, you know, yeah, the Rams seem to be, aside from what everybody is talking about, Green Bay, I guess would, would be a team. In the, in the AFC, I, I don't, I'm not sure. I, I just was in Buffalo on Sunday and doing that game, and the Bills have been up and down all season. They have strung together four straight wins. But it has not been the overpowering Buffalo performance that I think a lot of us would see. I, I guess if I'm going to pick a, a team to keep an eye on, it might be Cincinnati. I, I, I think they've got uh, a quarterback that is in the top three in the league right now and in that MVP conversation in Burrow. They've got a 1,000-yard rusher. They've got three elite receivers. They've got a pass-catching tight end. And they've got defensive players that are making plays. And I guess if I was going to pick a team that – it might kind of come out of no place, it'd be Cincinnati. With the caveat, with the caveat 
that the biggest X factor to enter the postseason in a long time should be ready to play after their bye. Tennessee's number one. Mm-hmm. They're welcoming back Derrick Henry, and uh, he's going to have another week to rest that broken foot. And they say he's hale and hearty and ready to go, and that could bring a whole different set of circumstances to the AFC. Kevin Harlan with us on 101 ESPN. And, Kevin, you, you do games for CBS and for Westwood One, so you're seeing a lot of games. You're at a lot of games. And it was really interesting this year. Home and road teams were virtually 500 during the regular season. From your observation, do you think that changes during the playoffs? Do you think that the home field carries a little bit more weight at this time of year? Well, it's interesting, uh, Randy. I, I think the only thing that probably factors in is that the stakes become so high and it's a standalone game and everybody is focused on it that it's different from just a regular season uh, Pittsburgh team going to uh, Cleveland and playing. You know, it, 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 it's just a lot more focus and intensity. And I think that probably extends to the environment, having to travel, thinking about it all week, going into a hostile crowd, and, and clearly these stadiums will be filled and, and pretty loud, full-throat crowds out there. And it just becomes, I think, a, just more, more mental then it becomes physical. If you put it in the context of it's just another game, regardless of where we're playing, you know, I think teams battled that pretty well last year. And we saw road teams actually handle the pandemic here with empty stadiums well. And and maybe some of that will carry over. But I guess I guess my feeling is it probably will play a little bit more in the postseason, just because the stakes are higher. And, and I, I just think the scrutiny and the pressure – all plays, I, I think, a more heightened role than it would just in a regular season road game. I want to circle back, Kevin, to the Rams. You want to talk about scrutiny and pressure. A lot is going to be placed upon Matthew Stafford. He has a really interesting opportunity here to change what is maybe an unfair narrative about him. But when it comes down to it, do you think, if you're a Rams fan, that you can trust Matthew Stafford? I think so, Michelle. You know, he had a pretty good Playoff performance, if you go back a little bit, when he was with Detroit and they made the playoffs, they played a game in Dallas, and they really outplayed the Cowboys. And um, because of that, um, uh, I, I think that, you know, he's, he's kind of used to, uh, you know, what's going to be expected. And at that time, with the Lions in a rare postseason, and that was the famous season where then Dallas won, they went to Green Bay, and then Dallas lost. They got the benefit of a call in the Detroit game. Then Green Bay got the benefit of a call in the Dallas game at Lambeau with that catch by Des Bryant on the sideline. That Those playoffs are what I'm talking about. But really, Detroit should have beaten Dallas in Dallas uh, that wild card weekend. And, uh, and, and, and he played well that game. And I think he'll play well in this game. Uh, he's a talented quarterback, a veteran who has seen a lot, not a lot of postseason, but he, is, he has been through his wars, and you're right. There is a lot of scrutiny on that team, especially for how they've pushed the chips in the middle of the table. They are all in with getting Von Miller, getting uh, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., um, and, and then beginning the season, of course, with Stafford. So, yeah, there's a lot there to unpack, but um, I, I, think, I think he'll be ready, and I think that team welcomes the challenge. Now, listen, they played San Francisco in an important game for the Niners, not necessarily for the Rams, but for the Niners, and, and they couldn't beat them. And San Francisco has their number. My guess is any team that plays the Rams is going to look at what, what the Niners are doing because they beat them like six in a row, mm-hmm. and they seem to have their mark in, in doing it well.
Kevin Harlan, I think we can make a fair argument that the reason that the Chiefs didn't win the Super Bowl last year was because of the offensive line, 100% rebuilt. You've seen a lot of the Chiefs this year, and you've had an opportunity to see that offensive line develop. What have you thought? It's good um, and, and getting better, kind of a work in progress. They've got one of the best centers, not just rookie centers, and he's, he's, a, he's the top rookie lineman, but one of the best centers in all of football, and that, that kid has played well. Orlando Brown has gotten some postseason recognition, um, and, and, and I, I think it, it is. They, they've had injuries. They've had to maneuver guys, as, as all teams have had at every position throughout this season, especially the last four or five weeks. Um, but I, I, it's listen. Nothing can be as bad as it was last year, right, Randy? I mean, they were moving uh, into that Super Bowl in Tampa against the Buccaneers. They took the right guard, made him right tackle. They took the right tackle, and he moved over to the left tackle. I mean, they were moving guys all over the place, and then they brought a guy in who hadn't been playing much and made him the starting right guard. Mm-hmm. So, so they had like three significant changes. Rarely has a quarterback in the Super Bowl been pressured like Mahomes has been. But um, they have found some regularity with this group, and it's taken a while to gel, even though you've got big names on there. Uh, but, but it looks pretty good, and, and, I, and I think that, that puts them in a better place than they were last year. Listen, Mahomes is playing great during the winning streak. Um, uh, they've gotten better performances from Chris Jones and Frank Clark, and, and they, they seem to be staying pretty healthy, and especially the two playmakers, Kelsey the tight end and uh, Tyreek Hill, who – you know, they've missed from time to time, and they've had others step up, but they'll need everything they have in these playoffs. This is a very talented AFC layout. These seven teams, six other teams, are very, very good. They're going to need everything. And they've got the big X on their back because they've been to two straight Super Bowls. Well, let's talk about the defending champs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have dealt with a lot of injuries with Godwin out, Fournette. Now Antonio Brown is off the team. They're dealing with injuries on the defensive side of the football as well. We've seen Tom Brady overcome a lot of circumstances and elevate those around him. But do you think he has enough to make a run, or will the attrition be too much for Tampa Bay? Well, I, I think that um, the biggest loss, quite frankly, is is the running back. He came in last year. Remember, they signed him off the street. He was let go by Jacksonville. and. And he was okay in the regular season, but in the postseason, he was as important, if not the single reason, why they won. I mean, he he was Fournette was phenomenal, and now he is. They're, they're hoping to maybe get him back. I you know I'm not I didn't even see the last couple of days where they put his health, but he's been missing last couple, and they've not looked the same. And Brady has always thrived on somebody reliable in the backfield. There there were many names in New England, many different nameplates on the back of those jerseys, but they always every year found at least one guy that, that, that could definitely bail Brady out. And he often went to him and, and they have missed that. So um, it, it's going to be an interesting trick. Godwin was an important wide receiver. Um, they're missing a couple guys. And, and this is, this is going to be much more difficult. I think Brady has had a, a sensational statistical year i mean just unbelievable at his age what he's doing i mean there's no reason why he shouldn't be the nfl mvp but but you get into these playoffs and especially when the running attack and and um and and points of release in terms of heavy pressure to running backs and 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 you know guys that know how to maneuver it it, it, i think i think their hands are full to be quite honest 
Kevin, we haven't mentioned the Packers yet, and they won't play this weekend, but they will play the following weekend. And I'm well aware of the fact that they've only played 500 ball at Lambeau in the playoffs for the last 20 years. That being said, I have trouble believing that another NFC team is going to go to Lambeau this year and beat the Packers. Feels that way, doesn't it, Randy? I, you know, I, I did the game last year when Green Bay lost at home to the Buccaneers, and there were about, I think the Packers let like 10,000 fans into Lambeau, and and so there was some atmosphere there, not like it is normally, but there was some. And and for whatever reason, I don't know if this was the beginning of Aaron Rodgers' uh, you know disagreement, disengagement with the with the organization, and not that he played poorly in that game, but but clearly he is really engaged this year. Whether it's his final year as a quarterback with the team, whether he's going to sign a big extension. Uh, whether he retires. I mean, I think all three of those things, quite frankly, are in play. And I think, you know, the older you get, the, the, the smaller that window of opportunity is. And I think he realizes all of it. He's a very perceptive guy, as we know by his comments. And I, I, I think that you get to that stage, you, you begin to take perspectives. And I think that he is as motivated as any single player in these playoffs. And I think that bodes well for the Packers. Um, they, they've got weapons. They've got a running attack. They've got receiving help, and uh, and they seem to have some defensive playmakers that they need. And a couple are getting back and getting healthy, and that could be huge for the team. So uh, they're they're trending certainly in the right way. Um, they didn't have to win or even show up in Detroit, and they still push them a little bit. And but they're ready. They'll take this week off as they're getting, and they'll be ready to go. I know. Kevin, one more thing. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about Steph Curry because I think we're watching a guy this year with the Golden State Warriors where if a casual fan is outside the door and you're watching a game, you got to say, come on in here and watch this guy play. I think that's how transcendent Steph has been this year. You've had a chance to do many of his games over the years, but this year seems to be a little bit different. Yeah, it is. You know, he broke the record, and, and that has been something that he's had to, you know, kind of, there is a lot that's involved. Anybody that's had to break a record, any athlete will tell you that it really doesn't go away until you break it, and it is now come and gone, and he's done it, and, and now he's moving in uncharted territory. His statistics aren't quite as good across the board as they have been, um, and, and they're now welcoming back Clay Thompson, mm-hmm. and and they're they're going to be whole, and this is going to be – I think the team to watch in the NBA more than the Brooklyn Nets who are getting Kyrie on the road, more than the Lakers when one day they get back Anthony Davis. Uh, the team to watch is Golden State. And the team, you know, has, you know, all these incredible players. But Curry is, is as you say, the transcendent player. And, and he has had as much effect on pro basketball as Jordan and Kobe did when they were in their respective primes and and they have actually, you know, they changed the way teams played offense. They changed the way teams scouted. They changed the way plays were drawn up because of what those two could do. The problem was finding someone that was close to what they could do. And then the Cleveland Cavaliers selected a high school kid named LeBron James who could not only do what those two could do, but could do, do stuff that power forwards and centers and point guards could do. So he took it to a completely different level but what curry's doing is something that we had had hints of with ray allen and reggie miller and and now we see you know what what, what shooting 2.0 means and how important it can be and how the whole league has moved to shooting threes and the analytics with almost every single offensive set 
in pro basketball begins with the three-point shot and then goes down from there to mid-range shots, to drives, to free Like, all of it is based on the three-point shot. Some like it and some don't. The purists feel like we're taking some of the things that make basketball special and the game that it is away. No low post moves, uh, you know, all the you know, defensive physicality that can play a role. All those things that, that we all, I think, have come to expect have now been changed because of Curry and the way he plays with pace and space and shoots the three. So you're right on. And, and he is one of those, just like Lou Brock was when he was stealing bases or Bob Gibson was or when Brett Hull was playing or, or whenever, you know, when Kurt Warner was quarterback in the Rams, St. Louisans can, can, can attach their interest to all those guys. Uh, this Curry is that, you know, times 10 and with the whole nation and really a whole basketball world following and reveling in his incredible success and, and the way, as you say, is how he has transcended the sport with his play. There's a guy who grew up watching Brock and Gibson at Bush Stadium. Kevin Harlan, uh, one of my favorite people. I always love people that do great work. And now and then, a couple times a year, I'll text Kevin and say, man, I just love listening to you because I do, and I really appreciate our friendship and what a quality human being you are. Oh, you're very kind, Randy. Thank you very much. I appreciate your friendship. We've known each other many years, and, and that, uh, that is something very special. And the best part of this business, as you probably can attest, is is uh, is not the games or the people that you cover, but it's the it's the people you're associated with. That uh, like Michelle or anybody at the station or anybody that you've worked with over the years. That that becomes you know the best part of the journey that you make in this business. So I appreciate that, and I feel the exact same way. And you're very nice to have me on, and I I, I wish you both a very happy start to 2022. Same to you, Kevin. Take care. Have a great day, and we'll be tuned in. Thanks, guys. Appreciate. It. Take care. Bye bye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.